On Wednesday, October 6th, Milton Pedraza Luxury Institute CEO and Data Lucent Chairman welcomed Rashad Tabakawala to have a candid myth-busting conversation about reinvented marketing. In this particular podcast, we will focus specifically on the data portion of the ABCDE of reinvented marketing. Okay, so now let's get to data. One of my favorite topics, you know that I'm an investor in personal data rights, yes. personal data equality, and I get, I get a lot of support and I get some pushback. And I, so let's, let's talk about data and maybe we'll share a few, maybe differences of opinion. I don't think so ultimately, but Perfect. tell us about quality over quantity. Okay, so, you know, and obviously in everything in this chart, I purposely want to be provocative. So I'm not saying that of course. the other part of it doesn't matter. But, but in, in the world of data, my understanding and my belief is that data is critically important for the future and it's like electricity. You can't operate without it and it illuminates the way ahead. On the other hand, I basically remind people that once we went from the steam age to the electric age, very few people, very few companies differentiate themselves on the way they use electricity. Okay. okay. Uh, right. And so one of the things that a lot of people are constantly talking about how much, how much data they have. And so I often make this thing, your data lakes are filled with dead fish. Okay. Because they, they talk about all the stuff they got. And I said, how much of this is like actually relevant? Uh, to the to where we are. So let's think about quality over quantity because sometimes the signal gets lost in the noise and the noise is how much you got. People can talk about terabytes of this and we got you know billions of these and millions of these and arrays of this. And I said, okay, what does that mean? The second is two things. One is, as you know, most of the data in, in today is, is most of the data we have has been created in the last couple of years. Um, and more and more because of everything from mobile to social to signals to uh, we're getting constant stuff that in many ways, a lot of the historical data, and this is probably where we'll have a debate, a lot of the historical data is increasingly irrelevant and the real time data is more important and you have more and more real time data. Uh, and so I, I said, let's focus on that, which is something that you have five years ago or seven years ago. And the third one is, okay, you got the data. Uh, uh, let me make this very simple thing. Uh, by April of 2020, uh, the president of the United States, the president of the United Kingdom, and the, and the leader of Brazil, or the prime minister of the UK, the president of Brazil, and the president of the United States, and the Chancellor of Germany, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, and the Premier of South Korea, all had exactly the same information and the same data on COVID. How come they reacted completely differently? And my basic belief is it's because of the meaning they extracted from the math. And when anybody basically tells me it's the math, it's just like the whistleblower basically said, People write the algorithms. It's the algorithms. It's the way you write the algorithms, right? So my stuff is, how do you extract meaning from math? Don't tell me you got the, the data because I can put different people in the room and they will extract different things from the same data. So that's what I'm talking about meaning versus math. Okay, so let me ask you a couple of questions. One, I do believe that quantity matters. And the reason I say that is because uh, very often, people who are data scientists or marketers, they wanna look for the signal, the clear signal in the data, for example, that triggers uh, the prediction to the transaction. However, 
there is a tremendous amount of data and I believe that there's discovery of insight and of potential innovation. So you have to look at all the data because the obvious data sometimes doesn't lead to any innovation, but the data that is hidden, that has hidden insight, we need to analyze that. And that's how sometimes we get great innovation. I, 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 I agree with you. And in fact, one of the key things that that in this idea of data and, and things like that, I'm just going to remind myself because sometimes I forget when I myself have written. Uh, so in my book, right, my opening chapter is called Too Much Math, Too Little Meaning. Uh, okay. And in there, one of the, the things I say is here are the six eyes that you want to basically have to do with data. One is obviously including different people. So you have different points of view mm -hmm. and then interrogating mm -hmm. the data. But then the other ones really is to absolutely make sure that you have all of it that you require for what needs to be done and you aren't missing some key stuff. So that is to your point. Yes, yes. So the other part that I might not agree with you is that data is a commodity like electricity. Electricity is something that's a very common substance, right? A common power. It's almost, it is a commodity. It's similar everywhere. And great inventions came out of it that we could never imagine from electricity, but it's still electricity. Whereas this data is the data of a human being. And therefore, it is unique to each human being. And that's why I see the power of the data to be able to personalize, because you are different from, your data is different from mine. Yes. Our data combined, my Google, uh, my Facebook, my Instagram data is a unique, and that's why we call it a copyrightable asset, because it is a compilation of a life that is unique. And by the way, just to finish the thought, what I have done throughout my life, these patterns of my life, very often repeat themselves. Humans are creatures of habit. So I wouldn't want to only go real time and miss out on the wonderful patterns that humans have. Some of them are a little crazy, but to be able to serve you better and maybe even to give you insight about yourself that you may not realize. Yes, yeah, so I, I'll, I will agree half of what you've said and then I will question half of it. I, I agree that we are slow to change. And so obviously some historical stuff, all of that makes sense. I also believe that each person is absolutely unique. In fact, we don't have one identity. We have many identities, which is what I basically totally agree. Very situational. And all of that is all of that is true. But what I suggest to people is the data that most people have collected. If unless you're like a Google or an Amazon or a few other places, most of the data you've collected. Your competitor has the same data. Okay, you don't, you, you're not going to differentiate on the data. You're going to differentiate on how you use the data. That and I totally it, agree. And what is currently, what is currently, what people, uh, one day I walked in many years ago, but not, not so many years ago that it should be so shocking. And I explained to a board how buying media from NBC was different than buying media from Google. Okay. And I said, they're completely different. So this is, what do you mean? I said, you grew up when you were buying needle from NBC. And so NBC, ABC, CBS, all basically bid for your business. I said, you bid against your competitors for the pleasure of Google's business. Mm -hmm. And the fact that their rates keep going up tells me that you don't have differentiated data. Okay, so now, Imagine that I, as a consumer, it's not imagination anymore. We have exchanges. I can download my data, my Google data, and my Facebook data, my Instagram data. 
It's my original compilation. It's my asset. And I can license it to BMW, Mercedes, Volvo, Subaru. They all want to have somebody like me as a consumer. Yep. They're all going to use the data differently. They're going to interpret it differently. And they're going to come up with different value propositions, right? Yeah. But, but see, what you're doing is what we need to do more of, which is what Data Lucid and others are doing, which I've always basically believed, is our value, our value, what we're doing is we're trading our time and someone else is monetizing it. Okay. True. And what is starting to basically happen is you could say, hey, I'm giving you the benefits of the world. I'm giving you benefits of searching for stuff. And that's an amazing godlike power. And who the hell cares whether I'm not paying you anything, but I'm extracting every dollar of you from selling you. My whole thing was increasingly more and more. Why can't I decide that? Which is what, yes. what's what Data yes. Lucent and others are doing. And increasingly, based on the events of the last two or three years, I believe more and more countries, more and more companies are beginning to think about it that I want to control my stuff and I want to decide how it gets shared. Because one of the areas that I'm particularly concerned about is that privacy as defined by people in Silicon Valley who have the imagination of amazement, but the intellectual and the intellectual capital that's extraordinary, but the emotional and wisdom of a toilet bowl, right? For them, okay, to, 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 to sort of decide what this is, because I will say something that I, you know, read or I heard from Jerry Greenwald, Gerald Greenwald, the, the journalist, um, and, and he had a line, which I've never forgotten, which is, you are not who you are when somebody is watching. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I believe that privacy is a human right, and it Absolutely. is not for Silicon Valley to decide whether I have it. I have it. Absolutely. I would rather destroy you companies than take it. And that's the modern thing that we have to deal with. Yes. I believe someday Facebook will be paying me for my data. I'll pay them the $5 a month. Yes. But they'll yes. be paying me for my data if they want it. And only select data that doesn't give away the things that I consider private. And you know,